Welcome back, gentlemen. This is episode 2.18 of the Commissioner Kellen podcast. I hope everybody had some very happy and safe Thanksgivings. But we've got some very important things to focus on now because there are only two weeks remaining on this fantasy football regular season. Playoffs are just around the corner. And things are getting tight. Things are getting tense. It is do or die time for a lot of teams in all three leagues. This is what it's all about. It's really exciting stuff when every game, maybe not even your own individual matchup, matters. More to come on that, though. What are we doing today? We are going to cover all three leagues going to be a good episode. We're going to start, as we always do, in the guillotine league. Rick will be joining me for his execution. Before that, though, we will do linchpins. There's only five teams, so uh, it's relatively quick. Way way easier than doing it with uh, 14 people, I'll tell you that much. We'll do linchpins. We have survey results to go over. We'll then cover Rick's execution. In Rick's own words, we will discuss why he lost. Of course, we will do liability of the year. And then I'll kill Rick off with a poem. After that, we'll do auction and then keeper league. We'll have the same agenda for those two leagues. We will do the high and low scores from the past two weeks. Since I didn't uh, didn't do a pod last week, I'll then do a seeding recap, a standings recap um, with the playoffs just around the corner. I'll talk about who has clinched those playoff spots, who is in the hunt, who is eliminated. And then I'll preview this week's matchups and pick winners very quickly. A reminder for both auction and keeper leagues, it's the same format. Six teams make playoffs. Top two teams, top two seeds get a bye. That's it. Let's get Rick introduced here. Eminem, play us out. Rick, welcome back to the pod. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Uh, wish uh, it was on better terms, but I'm happy to be here. I know. So many emotions when the guillotine victim comes on the pod. Yeah, I knew it was coming from a long way away. It's just a matter of time before it actually happened. I, I think a lot of people feel that way right now. I mean, it, there's now there's only five teams left. I mean, it could be anybody at any time which is kind of the case. That's how this league goes, but especially with so few people in the league, nobody's safe. This is when it gets really intense because your teams are stacked. And so you're sitting guys who are getting volume and you're, you're playing matchups and it just, this is where I think the first year we did this, I made it to fourth and I was so stressed out. Like (laughs) (laughs) you just got the best lineup ever and you're trying to pick who to sit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, last year, I, I feel like the reason I lost was I had Justin Herbert, and he was doing fine. But my whole thing all year was like, I'm going to draft a QB early, and I'm not going to spend a single dollar on a quarterback all year. And Mahomes was a free agent. I didn't pick him up because I <laughs> didn't need him, quote, unquote. And then I went down and finished uh, – I think I finished third last year. But, yeah, it cost me. That's so, why we need to go super flex next year. 
I I think I'm just gonna do it. So we need to just do it. I, I think so. So if anybody has a problem with it, take it up with well me, I guess, but I think I'm just gonna do it anyway. All right, why are we here? Well, I guess we're going to recap your death later. So, uh, well, Rick, first of all, give us a life update. What's going on in your life right now? Ooh. I haven't done this recently. I've been forgetting. Yeah, lots lots going on. Um, so, Zena just turned three. I saw that. Happy birthday, Zena. She's still very much a puppy. Um, Danny turns 18 months, freaking year and a half old. Wow. Uh, this weekend time is flying wow yeah Aaron's doing well uh she's doing great and then uh me personally Good. middle of MBA program halfway through sucks ass yeah and then uh, oh this is uh some uh breaking news I haven't told anyone yet oh well, uh, I'm I'll be switching jobs probably sometime in the new year same Whoa. plan different department okay. But uh, yeah, new job coming down the pipeline too. Congratulations. Snaps for Rick. <laughs> uh, you said same plant, new division? New area, yeah. New so area. right now I'm in a, a final assembly. I'll be doing gear machining. Okay. Yep. Exciting. Time yeah. for a change, huh? Time for a change. You yeah, had to shake it up a little bit. Very nice. Nothing else is going on in my life. We'll just throw a new job on. <laughs> yeah, the fantasy season's winding down, so we got to find our excitement elsewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, very exciting. Yeah, that wow, well, big news on the pod. Breaking news on the pod. Well, congratulations on the the new gig. Thank I'm you. Sure you'll crush it. But yeah, big week for the Lorenzis. Got got a birthday. Got a half birthday. This is this is huge. And Zena's what a uh, hundred and thirty pound puppy. About hundred and thirty pound puppy. Yeah, Danny, Danny's a little behind that weight wise, but he's he's a unit himself. Uh, last checkup, he was like ninety fifth percentile BMI, <laughs> so he's like the biggest baby in the state. <laughs> a little porker. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's great. All right, well, uh, let's get into our linchpins, and then we'll do survey results after that. We'll uh, recap Rick's loss uh, following the surveys, and then we'll kill him off with a poem. So. Um, Rick, I will let you start with the linchpins because you've got three and I've got two. So who's first up on your All right? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Matt. Let me pull up his team here. Um yeah, so I got a little music theme for oh I got a name for my linchpins. Oh good. It's uh Rick's at risk. Rick's at risk. That that is beautiful. That yeah. works. Yeah, so anyway, I got a little music theme for, I dig it. for our at-risk segment okay. here. Uh, so Matt has tried so hard, got so far, but ETN, it doesn't really matter. Wow. Great job. Yeah, so basically, I think like halfway through the season, ETN was RB3 and was a premium asset. He went to Nick for a nice price, got Nick killed, then went to me for a nice price, got me killed. Uh, I'm pretty sure when we get to liability player of the year, he's going to be a top with three cuts. And so I think I think he's a strong candidate for 
liability of the year. Uh, and so Matt, I think, needs to watch out for that. Um, but he did buy him at a, a discount, which I think people kind of recognize the, the danger associated with him right now. Yeah, for sure. He came back down to earth a little bit. Did Matt just get him? Yeah, Matt just got him. I want to say it was like sixteen dollars. Insultingly low. Um, yeah, Tom outbid him. Tom outbid him at forty-two, but uh, had too many players already. I don't know if Tom's kicking himself for that, or oh, if he man. just wanted someone else more, so he's fine with it. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, but ETM bucks is a pretty good price for him, but still, he's he hasn't lived up to. Um, his ability, or at least who he was the first half of the season. No, he slowed right down ever since his bye week. Week five, he had 34, 21, 21, 24, bye week, 5, 7, 10. He's got a good matchup this week against Cincinnati, and then he has to take on the Browns in Cleveland and then Baltimore and that'll, then at Tampa. So that's a good That'll get your head cut off. That'll get your head cut off if you're not careful, yeah. Now, I know Matt loves him, loves him some Travis Etienne. Yep. We'll see if he thinks he's matchup proof or not. We'll see uh, how it shakes out. That was great, though. That was a fantastic linchpin. Thank you. Anything else on Matt? No, no. All right. I will go to Jimmy. Let me pull up his team quickly. Should have been ready. I was looking at Matt's team. So, Jimmy's linchpin is WR. Wild receivers. And Jimmy has, in my opinion, the best team overall in the league. Yeah. He is strong everywhere, but his wide receivers are special. Uh, he's got Tyreek, who's wide receiver one on the season. He's got CD Lamb, wide receiver three on the season, and a cake schedule coming up to finish out the year. Mike Evans, wide receiver eight. So far, Keenan Allen, wide receiver two, and Jeez. Steph Diggs, wide receiver four. Yeah, I think we all know Tim. Uh, I almost said Timmy. Jimmy's got a very good team. I don't. I don't think we realize just how good it is until we look at. I mean, he's got wide receiver one, two, three, and four. Yeah, this team. So he's got an absolutely absurd group there. I'd say the odds that these wide receivers just continue to clap cheeks this week, next week. And the rest yeah. of this season is probably pretty high, but I mean, down weeks are going to happen. And that's kind of the thing with wide receivers is when they have down weeks, they have really down weeks. Mike Evans is not above, uh, you know, a two catch for 14 yards kind of game. Um, hasn't had it yet this year. They're all kind of due to lay an egg. Um, I, I think Jimmy's got the overall roster and other wide receivers to pick up any slack, but yeah. a down week by multiple players, especially at his, wide receiver position might be too much to overcome at one point. So Jimmy just needs to pray that these wide receivers keep falling out because that's really the stir the, the straw that stirs the drink for him. The really scary thing about Jimmy too, is he's $188 left. Is that the leader in the clubhouse too? The next highest looks like Matt was 65. So he's tripled <laughs> Matt. In what money. a jump. So what he could pretty much just scoop whoever he wants from here on out. Oh, yeah. That wide receiver core. It's pretty dangerous. And and look at the jump after Matt. So Jimmy's got 188. Matt's got 65. Tom is next with 27. Oof. <laughs> That's, um, that is something. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy's got a commanding lead right now. 
I would say, in the power rankings. Yeah. It's kind of Jimmy, Gap, everybody else. Don't stumble. Don't don't stub your toe, Jimmy. <laughs> Already, he ruptured his Achilles uh, a few months ago, so he, he does did? have an Achilles heel. Oh, yeah. He got fucked up. Oh. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, we still didn't let him use that excuse to get out of any cottage jobs, so. Good. Good. He's still our yard work MVP for the summer. He's a true put him, put him to work. Absolutely. That's why we have brother-in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's uh who you got next? All right. Next I got Joe. And uh I'm for him, I have bye bye bye. <laughs> because this is a pretty grueling bye week. Um everyone everyone has strong enough rosters buys shouldn't come into play but joe i think has the most uh i don't know what the word egregious buy replacement and josh allen's on buy and he's replacing with cj stroud who is explosive but uh i don't know i'd rather have josh allen in that position than cj stroud tom my brother tom's been feeding me cj stroud propaganda all season i'm not oh, buying yeah. he hit me with that a little bit a little while ago he was he was yeah. on the train early he wasn't wrong yeah <laughs> i'm not in on it yet but okay. um so i think i think in terms of buy weaknesses i think joe's got a hole at quarterback uh I mean, hopefully for Joe's sake, it's a it's a forty point game from Stroud, but we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. He kind of needs Stroud to have a good game because Eckler is terrifying after last week. He did horribly, five point nine last week, and that was with a decent amount of carries, I believe. Yeah, he had sixteen touches, not great, but yeah, five point nine points. Kyron Williams. Is a monster, but he has to play the Browns this week. Yep. So, for a lot of players, that's an auto sit. But I, you're not going to sit Kyron coming off a of forty burger. But also, just kind of the Rams' offense scares me. Yeah, yeah. Signs Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Tyler Higby just shows up and scores two touchdowns last week. What is that? Yeah, sign sign the guy who just died with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Yeah. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> I'm I'm a little upset at the Rams. Yep, sorry, accident. <laughs> Sean, Sean McVay sucks, dude. He is a liar, and you can't trust him. No, I I hate that guy for fantasy reasons. Yeah, okay. C.J. Stroud, Joe's linchpin. Anything else on him? No, I I like his team. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. It's hard to hate on any of these teams right now. Right. Five team league must be nice. Oh, he does have the Nico Collins Stroud stack. Oh, okay. So that, that you know, it could be beneficial or it could be a, a weakness. That is a lot of eggs in the Houston Texans offense basket. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Stroud, you know, against Denver is a green matchup. Nico is a red matchup. Weird how quarterbacks can have a good matchup and wide receivers bad. Eh. Strange. Yeah. Maybe a glitch in the matrix. All right, I'll move on to Brendan now. Little Brothers Unite. And Brendan's linchpin that I have is 
quarterback woes. And I'm not talking about Brendan's actual quarterback because Dak has been balling and should continue to do so given his rest of season schedule that I alluded to a CD. Uh, those guys are going to have a really fun end of year um, for fantasy owners. But what I'm talking about for Brendan is the quarterbacks of Brendan's weapons. So he's got yeah. the 49ers double dip with CMC oh. and Ayuk. Brock Purdy, he he looks awesome at times, but he, he had a rough stretch a few weeks ago. He's quote-unquote back now, it appears, but is that here to stay? He could kind of fall off a cliff yet again at any given time. You know, Mr. Irrelevant, seventh-round draft pick. He doesn't quite have something that made him appealing. So, you know, he, he could be hot and cold. You never know. Then Brendan also has the Saints double dip with Kamara and Olave. That's a lot of faith in Derek Carr. Brennan has Jamar Chase. Jake Browning has been functional, but he is no Joe Burrow. He's got Terry McLaurin. I love Sam Howell, but that's another scary, uh, another scary quarterback to trust in. Yeah. It has Sam Laporta. We all love us some Jared Goff, but he hasn't really looked good in three weeks. Something's not right with him. Something I I'm hoping they just got complacent. They just I don't know. I got a little cocky. He's been throwing ducks. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that I can't get that Ravens game out of my mind. I know it was windy, but he couldn't throw. He couldn't make a 10 yard completion. And that's horrifying. On Thanksgiving, he was it Laporta just like wide open in the middle for a first down and just sailed him? Probably. The offense looked dysfunctional. We shouldn't have beaten the Bears. And we squeaked no. that. So maybe now that we actually lost, hopefully that's the wake up call that we need because it's been bad. But so Brendan's playmakers, I just ran through a Brendan's entire starting lineup and each of them has a quarterback concern. Exactly zero of those players that I mentioned, exactly zero of those players' quarterbacks are even rostered in survive and enhance, not even as backups. So that shows Brendan is not working with elite quarterbacks with his playmakers yeah and and you know as soon as you said quarterback woes with brendan i scrolled down through his roster i was like holy shit yeah no kidding also the double dip with san fran and double dip with the saints brendan has a quadruple dip both with pretty i mean detroit's defense is kind of iffy right now but they yeah they could show up philly is a pretty solid d like it could go bad. It, it could go bad very quickly. Also, okay. he needs a defense, which is an easy fix. But oh, yes, yeah. yeah, he currently got the Bills on by. And this dude always has Evan McPherson. <laughs> always in every league, Brennan has Evan McPherson. He's kicker eighteen. He's not even special. Listen, I'm not going to knock a guy for having guys because I've got guys. You're like, hey, remember Dan Bailey? That was my dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if Brennan likes is a big McPherson guy, good for him. You gotta, you gotta get your guys. Fair enough. All right, you got one more linchpin, I believe, right? Uh, yes, brother Tom. Brother Tom. Let me pull up his roster. For him, I had the uh, Anna Kendrick Classic Cup. Miss me when I'm gone. The cup song? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Um, who 
Jesus, what a nightmare he's been this season. I it's a pain I feel in multiple leagues. You know, so so obviously he started the season on IR, came back right into old Cooper Cup. Played 95% of snaps, 100% of snaps, 12 targets, nine targets, uh, sort of touchdown in the first two weeks. And then has literally gone two for seven, four for 10, two for seven, one for one, three for five, no touchdowns. He's gone. Like, where where did he go? And I was, when, when you have to, play someone to not get executed not even just to like hope to win a week to boost your record but you're kind of playing not to die uh coop's not cooper cup's not your guy it's too too high of risk for not enough reward in my opinion i'm a little salty right now but i don't blame you i don't blame you at all and he's, you, and he's an enticing he's an enticing play every week. The projections are going to have him higher than all your other wide receivers every week, and so it's up to Tom uh, to be smart on playing him or not. It, and good luck. I mean, just like with Kyron, the Cups playing against the Browns this week, the number one defense in the NFL, and the. I mean, this is a guy two years removed from a triple crown and just teabagging the entire league on a weekly basis. So he was matchup proof, but now the dude can't stay healthy. Did you did you watch the game on Sunday? Did you see anything? No. I didn't. So on his first pass, it was the first quarter they were driving, and um, they they threw him a nice little like five yard route, and he got tackled right in the bad ankle, the ankle he's been nursing. Oh. I immediately was like, hey, yeah, he caught a pass early. He's rolling. And then he got hurt immediately. It's like, fuck. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if they shut him down, but they are fighting for their playoff lives, so probably not. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, he's one of those plays like you need to you need to play to win, not to not to lose. So but and like so Tom right now has cup on his bench, and I don't know if he set his final roster or lineup yet, but uh, he's got guys like Najee Harris, Zach Moss, Pittman, Ridley, Devonta Smith starting over cup. Yeah. You know, name alone, cup goes into this lineup, but production wise, but he's not volume wise, you know, it's just. I, I tried to shop Cooper Cup before he came back from IR, him and Puka as a, as a package deal, because yeah. I was nervous that they would ruin each other, and they kind of did. I um, it's, <sighs> like, it's like they're one being, they're Puka, Puka Cup, and uh, they just took all of Cooper Cup's previous targets and split them in half. You better hope they both catch him. Right. With Kyron back, too. I mean, he both his touchdowns last week were receiving touchdowns. So if you, like, looked at Matthew Stafford's passing uh, stat line, you'd be like, oh, my God, the dude threw four passing touchdowns. He had, I don't know, over 300 yards. Like, oh, which one blew up? Puka or Cup or, Cup or both? Like, oh, no, it's Tyler Higbee and Kyron Williams. Like, that's just weird. <laughs> right. Yeah, so – 
I think um I think Cup's first game back, he and Puka both ate. Yes. I could be wrong though. But yeah, it, ever since then it's like Cup got banged up almost immediately again. Um I They've think they can... rolling... They've both been rolling questionables every week. Yeah. And and it's McVay, right? So everything's good. There's no problems. They're going to get a f- full workload and then they get one target. There's no transparency. No, no transparency with that guy. Mm-hmm. It, nothing you can trust anyway. Yeah, he's very frustrating. Yes. But yeah, I feel like the blow-up week is coming for Cup. You just don't know when. Good luck guessing when because the dude's not healthy. Yeah, so good luck, Tom, managing that. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, have fun. Yeah, roster-wise, you kind of need him, but also don't trust him. Yeah, it's, it's like a curse to have him right now. It, yeah. You're racking your brain. That, that's how I am in all my leagues. All right, you want to go uh, – you done with linchpins? I think we covered it all. Yeah, that, that's, that was everyone. Okay. All right, let's go into these surveys. Let's do it. Survey and enhance. Question one. Who had the worst free agent pickup? And this was a little bit of a runway. Tommy's pickup of Michael Pittman for 55 bucks received six of 12 votes. Half the vote. Wow. Um, yeah, he's been he's been useful. 55 is a lot of money, though. Yeah, I originally clicked Pittman just because of so much money, but I changed it because Pittman actually has been pretty solid. He's been one of my better players. Yeah. Um, and if Tom needs wide receivers, which we just reviewed his roster, he kind of does. Yeah. It's not, a bad, it's not a bad grab. No. Go out, go out and get your guy. Sure. I understand why he did it for the reasons you said. And he's got a good matchup against Tennessee this week, too. So he's just trying to survive, whatever it takes. I, I, don't, get it. Yeah, I don't hate the pick. I, I don't like the price. Yeah. The the next highest bid was Joe at 27, and then Matt was seven, and those were the only three bids. Okay. Yeah. Second place, we had Joe's pickup of Debo Samuel for 51. That received three votes, so that was a quarter of the vote. And then three. $51? 51 bucks. That's also pretty steep because – Debo, yeah. I – so I made the mistake. It wouldn't have made a difference, but I made this mistake of sitting Debo because the volume's not there with him. He's pretty touchdown dependent, and fifty dollars for a touchdown dependent guy is pretty risky. Yeah, eighteen last week, seven the week before. Yeah, hard to trust for yep. sure. The only other ones to receive votes, they each received one. Matt's pickup of Travis Etienne for sixteen. Tommy's Cooper Cup pickup of uh, 14, and Joe's Rashad White pickup for six. That was it? Only five? I received. think I picked Matt out of anger. ETN? Yeah. You were the one. I, I voted for Pittman, for Pittman. Yeah, just a lot of money this late in the game, but mm-hmm. I understand it. All right, this one was a little closer. Who had the best free agent pickup? Oh, Rick. Cover your ears. Matt's pickup of Travis Etienne for 16 bucks got four of the 12 votes. That's not a lot, though. It's a bargain. Yeah. It's a bargain. Also, um, four, four 12 votes is not much. It's oh, pretty, yeah. Pretty dispersed. A third, yeah. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, there was a three-way tie for second. So, yeah, it was very close. Joe's A.J. Brown pickup for 37. Got Steve. two votes. Tommy's Zach Moss pickup for $3. Got two votes. And Jimmy's Ramondre Stevenson for zero. Also received three votes. So, yeah. There were three people kind of right at Matt's or Travis Etienne's heels. And then two received one vote. Joe's Rashad White for six bucks got one. And Matt's Marquise Hollywood Brown received a vote. Okay. Who did I vote for here? My favorite. Oh, mine was uh, Zach Moss. With Jonathan Taylor out potentially the rest of the year. Um, three bucks. That's a, I can't believe Tommy got him for three. Yeah, I can't remember. I want to say it was either uh, A.J. Brown because that's a good price for him. Mm-hmm. Or stevenson because he's free and he's a very serviceable running back he has been heating up too yeah he's been very good yeah there were some good pickups this week no surprise here question four did i skip one? Oh, question three yeah i did skip one who is most in danger most likely to die this execution period uh tommy in a runaway yeah. seven twelve votes yeah, um, that was my vote as well. Same. Tommy might be just dankoing his way through this thing. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. That's right. <laughs> um, second place alone with two votes is Joe getting swifty with it. Jimmy, Matt, and Brendan each received one vote. And then uh, question four, who is the safest from the guillotine? Jimmy in a runway, eight of 12 votes. Yep. Tommy received two votes. Brendan received votes. No votes for Joe and Matt. Wow. Tom got two votes. Yeah. It's funny how that works out. Like, Tom gets blasted and most likely cut, and there's two people who are just delusional. Like, I really (laughs) like his lineup. Yeah. Yeah, again, it's hard to hate on a team in a five-person league, but, man, it's just like you look at it, Next to Jimmy's, it's like, oh, wow, this is yeah, this is like a different league. All right, time for the fun stuff. So I did not know that this was a highly debated topic until very recently. But what kind of lights belong on a Christmas tree? Rick, I know you have strong feelings about this one. Very strong feelings on this. And the survey says you'll be pleased with how the league voted. Colors ran away with it. Ten votes out of 12. So we got two uh, or three votes. We only have 13 votes on that one. That's weird. Um, someone skipped that one. Coward. Um, <laughs> 10 votes for colors, three for white. I'm a colors guy. I'm a colors guy for sure. But I'm I proud of the league. They can do both. So, yeah, humble brag. The people who voted white, you're boring. You, you're boring. You're, yeah, your house is painted beige and you have no fun. This is not what baby Jesus would have wanted. No. No, gaudy Christmas. Give me all the obnoxious things. Yeah. Uh, I like to make it look like Santa just threw up all over my house. Yeah. Yeah. It should it should be obnoxious. Colors, definitely. Why? I mean, like the Christmas season is fun. Why would you not have fun and limit yourself to a single color palette? And then, you know, you're stuck with only ornaments of certain shades, and then nothing can ever be uh vibrant or lively or exciting this is no time for restraint no No. yeah yeah i'm with you i don't have any rhyme or reason to where ornaments go and 
let's just say I've dated people in the past that did not agree with that. And that was an argument. Um, <laughs> but hey, the ornament goes where I feel like it should go, which is anywhere. Exactly. When bright colors and everything that lights up and all the fun. Yep. Yep. So good job, Lee. That's Way to go. Way to go. Now, I, I didn't get your opinion on this one before. Well, what do you put on top of your Christmas tree? Are you a star guy or an angel guy? I am a star guy. You're a star guy. star is color changing. Oh, wow. Listen, like, like, I'm not all talk. I'm, <laughs> I follow through. My star changes colors. It's a rotating color scheme. Erin absolutely hates it. <laughs> she wants something a little more subtle. It is... It's pretty, it's like also eight inches. Like it's so big. It's, it's disproportionate to the tree size for the low ceilings that we have. It's amazing. I love <laughs> it. I love it. Rick yeah. practices, practices what he preaches. Yeah. Now I, uh, we always had an angel on top growing up. So I have an angel on my real tree in my living room. I have um, a gnome looking thing in my basement fake tree but yeah i'm a i'm an angel guy on this one okay as are three others so star got seven votes angel got four other got one i don't know what the other would be but yeah i have a little gnome thing that i'm curious whoever voted other put it in chat because i want to know what yeah. other choices you have besides like those are the only two unless it's like no topper Oh, you're raw dog in the Christmas tree? Just a naked that? tree? I don't oh, want a naked tree. Now. Cover yourself up. Yeah, have some shame. <laughs> have a freaking little dongle needle thing at the top just hanging out. No. Yeah, the you can't you can't have nothing. That is not enough. No, no, no. no. Hopefully it was Danko that put other because we'll get a response very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about what Danko's going to pick up on during this conversation. Yeah. He just got a sign that says never a doubt that he puts on top of his Christmas tree. <laughs> Probably some Asian tradition. <laughs> Something. Yeah. The dragon. The dragon. Sure. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. Final question. Who are you? Thanks to everyone except Nick Jugan and Mark Arico. You just hate to see it. Hate to see it. Proud of you, Eric, though. Good job. Eric, stepping up. First time in a couple months. Doesn't take long. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you found the process very easy. I, I hope so. I, I try to streamline it as best as I can. Yeah. All right. Good uh good survey, boys. All right, Rick. It's now your time to shine. Oh God. I want you to recap what went wrong, who you mad at, why'd you go down? So uh it's two weaker. Uh week one pretty much sealed my fate. Sorry, I meant to mention that. Yeah, after week one, you were 25 points down to the next closest, who was Brendan. Yeah, week one was unfortunate because first quarter, or maybe first half injury for Joe Burrow, first quarter injury for Cooper Cup, and also, who else was injured? Aaron Jones. Mm. All three left the game early. Uh, and so you lose three players in the middle of the game you're gonna have a bad week and then uh just kind of too big of a hole to dig myself out of not that my team really even showed up uh the second week to give me a shot 
so just just kind of it uh i was surviving by not being the worst and i think it eventually caught up to me um all my pickups really didn't help me as much as i hoped but i do blame two players two players this season are they on the same team no they they these two players might go on my uh full-time shit list can i can i guess them yeah joe burrow cooper cup cooper cup aaron jones aaron jones okay so so I was going to guess James Cook next if it wasn't Burrow. I was fairly certain it was Cup. Uh, I still have uh, Cook um, shares in other leagues. I'm not. I'm not off on Cook. Yeah, good. the The problem with Cook is he's amazing, but the Bills are fucking idiots. They're they're so frustrating. Hey, let's draft this guy in the second round. Oh, he's awesome. Great. Let's not use him. Yeah, every time we give him the ball, he succeeds. So let's yeah. stop doing that. But he's fumbled twice in his career, so we should bench him. <laughs> Fucking idiots. But so anyway, so-, so starting from the draft, we were actually on the pod together when we were drafting Guillotine. And we had two live picks. I picked A.J. Brown first round, and I picked Cooper Cup second round because the news broke that morning of his injury. Yes. And we didn't know how serious it was. Overall. Yeah, we didn't know how serious it was. Yeah. And so I took... One day earlier, he would have been my first overall pick. Right. So I took a shot at him at second round. Of course, the next day, we find out it's way more serious than we thought it was. Yeah. Um, And also, the league switching from 12 teams to 14 teams, I forgot how thin your roster is with a 14-team league, losing a second-round pick hurts. Like, I was behind from the beginning because, you know, I don't know if I would do it again. I would take a shot on an injured player that early. Well, it it worked. I mean, like, in the sense that you survived till it came back. Yeah, but also, like, it really put me behind, and this is where Aaron sure. Jones comes in. Yeah. My two running backs were Rashad White and Ramondre Stevenson, who had yeah. slow starts to the season. Mm-hmm. And so when uh, Cousin Tom was executed, I thought, all right, Aaron Jones, he'd been hurt, but first week he went off. So I was like, we'll, we'll roll the dice. Let me get another running back to really bolster my running back squad. I spent $271 on Aaron Jones. Oh. The dude has been awful. Has he played? Barely. Barely. Oh, God, yeah. He played once week four, and then he didn't play again until week seven. And he and got 1.9 on in week terrible. four. So... So oh. Aaron Jones, um, really, that budget put me behind. Oh, Hi, Aaron. <laughs> Where's my kiss? <laughs> so, so Rick, Cooper, got a kiss Cup, good night. 
Cooper Cup put me behind roster wise early yeah. in the season. You're kind of chasing Jones in the draft. Aaron Jones put me behind budget wise the rest of the season. So it's yeah. kind of I was chasing my roster without money. And uh that just kind of put me towards the bottom every week. And it was just kind of like just claw my way to the next execution period. Claw my yeah. way to the next execution period. And I finally saved enough to be one of the top bidders and I went all in on ETN. So I'll blame two and a half players. I'll go ETN in the mix because he sucks. <laughs> Fair. He uh he stopped being white hot at the wrong yeah. time. Yeah, he went for like 120 and then for Jugan and then like 150 for me to 16 to Matt. So that tells you ETN story right there. <laughs> yeah, the value kind of plummeted. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's younger, so if you're going to hate on him, you got some years left where you need to hate. I don't, I don't know if it's good news or bad news, though. Cooper Cup's a 30-year-old wide receiver. Aaron Jones is a 28-year-old running back, so you may not have to fade him much longer before they ride off into the sunset. I'm not fully against Cooper Cup. I'm more he's not against right. the Rams. I'm just so sick of the Rams. Sean McVay, man, I hate him. I hate him so much. I'm really getting sick of him. And then fully against Aaron Jones. I mean, he's on the Packers, so I have enough reasons to hate him. I'll just never pick him up in fantasy. Fair. More than fair. Yep. LaFleur, LaFleur is another guy like McVay, where he's just oh, yeah. like Aaron Jones not on a snap count. Well, we'll they're play, buddies. We'll trot him out every snap, but never give him the ball. It's like, <laughs> what do you, he's, he's on a snap count. Like, right. Why why lie to everyone like that? And they're they're friends in real life, so they're just douchebags, probably. Yeah, you know, I hate them. It makes sense. I I hear you. Yep, McVeigh jerked me around for years when I was a Cam Akers owner. He, he he's a dirty liar. He can't trust a word he says. <laughs> well, you brought up a couple of words that segue nicely into our liability of the year, uh, okay. Cam Akers. So um, let's go into that. You got anything else to say on your downfall here? No, that was it. It was it was a long time coming. Yeah, it, it happens. These things happen. Liability of the year, though. We've got two front runners, two players now that have been cut three times. Adam Thielen and Travis Etienne. I should have had you guess, Rick. Damn it. Would you have guessed those two? Uh I honestly thought about Thielen because he did so little for me that uh I forgot he was on my team. <laughs> yeah, you plugged him into your uh, your first flex spot. Yep. Dude, he, he was out to get us because I drafted him, started him. I, I was pumped. I was like, what a savvy veteran pickup in a guillotine league to just plug him in week one, survive, because you know he's a veteran. He's going to get some points. Nope, he scored 2.2. And even with that 2.2 and the point seven he got you last week, he is still wide receiver 14 on the year. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, 2.2 week one, then 17, 26, 12, 22, yeah. 23, 12. Like, he was a stud. Yeah. And then when I need him, he gets 0.7. Yeah, I was thrilled with my pick, and he killed me, and then he was great, and then he killed you, and he's a douchebag. Yeah, so throw him on that list, too. Okay. Fuck that guy. Very good. I think he's even older than Cup. So yeah, he's 33. 
Wow, he's the guy with the old balls. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, all right, so Thielen and ETM alone at three drops a piece. And then we have 25 players nipping at their heels that were each cut twice. I'll read through these very quickly. Rick's boy, Aaron Jones. Then A.J. Dillon. Wow, two Packers running backs wow. right there at the top. Then Amari Cooper, Anthony Richardson, Dejan Robinson, Brees Hall, Brian Robinson Jr., Calvin Ridley, Darren Waller, David Montgomery, Debo Samuel, DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, Evan Ingram, George Kittle, Jahan Dotson, Jake Ferguson, Jamal Williams, James Cook, Jared Goff, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Herbert, Saquon Barkley. And then there were nine or there, there are 98 players cut once. So yeah, so in terms of liability of the year, unless someone uh, jumps up to three times cut before ETN gets cut again, um, I think it's ETN's to lose because Thielen's not going to get picked up by anyone at this point. I I don't think he can get picked up. I think it's ETN. He's going to stay at three. ETN's going to be in the mix until at least a couple more rounds. Yeah. so, yeah, with the volume he gets, he's there's not many running backs that they, they get that kind of volume. So he's going to be used. He's running back three on the year. And he's got a good Cincinnati matchup this week, and then he's at Cleveland, at Baltimore, at Tampa Bay. Yeah, so we talked about that earlier. Yeah. He could he could lead the one or two more executions here in the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me. He's the dude. He's the dude. He's the dude for liabilities. Some would say he's not the dude. (laughs) All right. Well, since I'm looking at it, I will remind everyone, this is a two-week execution period in our final two-week execution period of the year. And then we're, uh, or no, 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 no. Scratch all of that. This is a one-week execution period and then a two-week execution period. And then we have our final three. So this is a one-weeker. Make it count, people. All right. Rick, you ready for your poem? Can't wait. All right. Any any words before that? But... Uh, no. I mean, this is uh, well. I say no, but I'm about to say last words. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. I have some you. last words. Uh, I just want to fall so I could take another sip of bourbon. This uh, league format, I'll go on record as saying my favorite. Like, I love guillotine. Um, so super fun season. Sad to have an early end, but uh wasn't that early. You had a good run. I had a pretty good run. Try to like... drink first. I didn't get a guillotine season, so <laughs> that's my biggest fear after the draft. Just Literally, it just happen... don't be first. It it can happen to anyone. I was in that survey, I was voted but most likely to survive. Yeah. And did not survive. Yeah. So honestly, like the saddest thing about getting cut is I have to wait till next season to do another guillotine league. So yeah. super fun. Uh glad to be on the pod as always. And uh yeah. Good yeah. Season. We appreciate the words. It was a good season. You had a very good run. What it's just easier to wake up on Wednesday mornings when you have guillotine waivers to check too. Yeah. That's, so that's, it's like Christmas every Wednesday. Like yeah. Who did I get? Who are my presents? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
All right, let's rip out this poem. <clears throat> it's a fate shared by most. Rick has reached his end. He has to now die. We're killing the first of Clan Lorenz. Two weeks of play means two weeks of blame for his players. Rick has plenty to be mad at. Reasons for his loss has layers upon layers. An ineffective Herbert, and add to that a dead Burrow, Team Seabass struggled with QBs. That lackluster tandem really sucked on a pair of Ds. Nuts, though, has Michael Pittman gone lately. All aboard the train to Pity City. And Ramondre blew up, which had us all feeling, long story short, dung on titties. How about them Cowboys? Rick boasted the best defense in the land. You made the right decision, though. Sitting old Cooper Cup, that took balls, and you deserve a hand. But back to the bad, there was Puka and Fergie and Adam stupid-ass Thielen. Your neck got tight early in this contest. Rick was cursed with a real bad feeling. That feeling was more like foreshadowing because the end was quickly approaching, but now you are brought to the death machine and it's certainly no time for boasting. Your effort was heroic. You were like Mel Gibson in Braveheart, but now you're nervous to lose your head. So nervous, you could fart. And Rick, now it is time. You are no longer in Survive and Enhance. This past week was your swan song, your goodbye, and your last dance. But the offseason isn't too long. We'll see you again in the draft in August. Maybe you and the commish can make longer runs, and we won't be remembered as bus. So goodbye, pretty Ricky. This is the end of the line. You got busy living, but now it's time to get busy dying. We all wave farewell to our old buddy, pretty Ricky, but now his blood fills the streets and we feel pretty icky. <laughs> Rick, any last words? That was beautiful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't have the emotions to convey my feelings, so just go ahead and roll the clip. All right, we'll do. Big booty mix getting us through this podcast today, boys. Well, two friends presentation, big booty mix, volume 13. Anyways, welcome to the auction ring. Oh man, I'm gonna start raging while I listen to this music. Gets me too hyped. Gotta calm down. Alright, auction league. We gotta uh, we gotta cover two weeks here. So what are we gonna do today? We got highs and lows scores from the past two weeks. Then I'm gonna go over standings. Talk about who's clinched, who's in the hunt still, and sadly enough, who is eliminated. So I'll get to that in a minute, and then we'll end. I'll preview this week's matchups, pick some winners. We're going to keep it moving. We're going to go right into it. So 
So this is week 13. Uh, time of recording is Friday afternoon. So week 13 just kicked off. So let's go back to week 11 since I never covered that week. Low score on the week, yours truly, 105.64 measly points. Yep, that'll lose you a game. High score on the week went to Matt, 181.5. That's a decent week. Week 12, last week, low score went to Mark at 79.91. Tommy had our high score at 180.74. And I did beat Rick last week. So, Rick, here's a special message for you. <laughs> Got your ass. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. All right, no scores to add to our top ten list of all time. So that's it for our uh, two-week recap there. Yeah, turn that down a little bit. That's a little aggressive. All right, next up. Let's recap the standings. We have two weeks left in this regular season. Things are getting real. So as I mentioned in the, in in the intro, six teams make playoffs in the Auction League and in the Keeper League. Top two seeds get bye weeks in round one. Also, same as Keeper League. Congratulations to our two teams that have clinched postseason spots. Matt and Rick. Very well done. We'll see y'all in the postseason. We have one team, unfortunately, that has been eliminated. Brett. And it's been an absolutely shitty year of luck for Brett this year. He has 2,046 points against this year. The next closest team in points against to Brett is over 300 points away from him. That is a brutal break and pretty much impossible to overcome. Brett, I'm so sorry. That is, that's a bad dick. Uh, I'm going to start tracking this stat, though, year over year. Um, so we can, I, I think this, whatever Brett ends up at for points against these next two weeks, I think that's going to be really tough to beat. So, Brett, this is the first year we're going to track it, but you are now no, first place in points against. So you can uh, take solace in that, I guess. Um, but terrible luck, man. I feel for you. And, and I st he's still making waiver moves. He's still setting lineups. So hats off to Brett. Um, the luck can only get better next year. Okay, we covered the clinch teams. We covered the eliminated team. Still alive is everybody else that I haven't mentioned yet. Who can clinch wins this week? Jose and Eric. And wouldn't you know it, they play each other this week. Beautiful. Theater. Fantastic. Next week, we should have at least a couple eliminated teams, and we'll see who's jockeying through those final playoff spots with uh, the teams that do scrape away with a win this week. It looks like six wins might get one team into the playoffs, but it's looking more like seven wins is what us teams fighting for those final spots will need to get. Uh, there are five, five and seven teams fighting for those last spots. So this is going to be wildly entertaining to watch unfold these next two weeks. There's a lot on the line and a lot of teams still in it. All right, let's cover, uh, let's do some matchup previews for this week. These are going to be relatively quick. First matchup is me versus Cam. 
I give myself a little bit of edge at quarterback, a heavy edge at running back. Derrick Henry, Isaiah Pacheco. It's damn good tandem. Um, and Cam's got Damian Pierce and Delvin Cook. To say I feel confident in that matchup would be an understatement. So I give myself a pretty big edge there. I like Cam's wide receivers better. I, I love my wide receivers. I, well, now I have Jamar Chase without Joe Burrow. Devontae Smith has been feasting. Cooper Cup should be an all-star. I Like I said, I love my wide receivers. They just can't figure it out this year. So Cam already has 26 from C.D. Lamb from last night, and then he's got Hollywood Brown and Chris Olave. I think Olave, unfortunately, is going to have a really good game against the Lions. So I have to give the edge there to Cam, to be fair. I think uh, with what my wide receivers have done or haven't done this season, I got to go Cam's way. Tight end, I go with Cam too. He's got uh, George Kittle. I have Trey McBride, who I love. I just have a feeling it's going to be a George Kittle week. And it's really bad timing for me because it'd be cool if he scored like two points like he's also capable of, but I think he's going to blow up. Flex, Kyron Williams, fresh off a 40-burger last week, giving myself the edge at flex. So I'm going to pick myself to win, mostly because of I need it. Uh, I try harder at fantasy than Cam, but also because of my running backs and maybe a little bit of my quarterbacks too. So I think I ended up, I think it's probably a close matchup. Um, I, I really need this one. Cam does too. He's in the hunt for playoffs. So we'll see who wants it more. Second matchup. We got Rick versus Matt. Oh, I didn't cover this before. So in my, back to me and Cam's matchup. I am projected to win 120 to 104. Cam's out to that 26-point lead, though, like I said, from C.D. Lamb. Rick and Cam, uh, Rick and Matt now. Rick is projected to win by two points, 149 to 147, and Rick is up by a point, well, 1.7. He's uh, got 16.7 versus Matt's 15 after Thursday night football. Rick had Jake Ferguson go. Matt had his kicker, Brandon Aubrey, go. 15 from the kicker. Not a bad start. At quarterback, I got to go Matt's way here with Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert, even though they have the tougher matchups. Uh, Rick does have newly acquired to a tongue of Iola with a cake matchup against the Commanders. Might be too cake, though. They may not be throwing much. Now, Trevor Lawrence has been heating up, too. Um, I just, Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert, it's just too hard to go against them. And I gave Rick Tua in our trade, so I really would be disappointed if he put up 40. So I'm picking against Tua. Eat shit, Rick. Running back, Rick's got CMC. Probably end of discussion there. He's also got DeAndre Swift, who's been very good to the dread of Lions fans. Matt has ETN and Jameer Gibbs. Um, really good duo there, but I can't pick against CMC. So advantage there, Rick. I'm sticking with Wick. With <laughs> sticking with Wick. <laughs> sticking with Rick at wide receiver. He's got Waddle, Ridley, Collins. Matt has Tank Dell, Sutton, and Judy. Uh, I like uh, I like Rick's guys a little more, and I hate, 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 hate how Rico has Sutton and Judy, two guys on the same offense, the same wide receiver room in his roster. Not a fan. Tight end, I'm going Rick again. Jake Ferguson already has 16. Laporta might get 16, but it's a tight end. So if you have 16 in the hand, it's better than 20 in the bush. I don't know if that's a perfect tra uh, translation or adaptation, I guess, of the that phrase, but you know what I mean. I'll take 16 from a tight end any day. 
Flex, uh, it's a tie. Najee versus Raheem. Really close. I love Najee's uh, matchup, and he had a good week last week, but Mostert is just clapping cheeks this season. So, tie there. I'm going to pick Rick overall in this matchup because he already has 16 from his tight end. CMC is hard to pick against, and like I said earlier, I despise how Matt has two wide receivers from the same team. It'll be a close matchup, though. Third matchup, we got Tommy versus Singer. Both have had a player play already. Oh, yikes. Singer had two players. Dallas defense got a minus five. Yikes. The good news is for him, he had DK get him 34. Uh, so that nets just 29 for Singer. Tommy has 15 from Tony Pollard. Good start. Uh, Singer, despite the negative five from Dallas, is still expected to win 138 to 131. All these matchups this week are projected to be very close. Should be a really good week of fantasy football. Love it. Uh, quarterback, and this is kind of a gross matchup. I'm going to give it slightly to Singer here with Pickett heating up. Uh, he also has Russell Wilson, who's been downright useful for fantasy, so that's not hurting him. Um, I hope Goff proves me wrong on Tommy's side. I hope he has a really great week. I just, I'm just nervous as a Lions fan. We haven't seen it recently. CJ Stroud, too, uh, is Tommy's other quarterback. I will get to that in a minute, why I'm going to Singer's way, even though CJ Stroud's kind of been lighting the world on fire. First, running backs. Like I said, Tommy already had Pollard go, got him 15. He also has Javante Williams with a really good matchup. Singer's got Bijan and David Montgomery. Um, really good duo, but I'm going to go Tommy there. Real close, though. Wide receiver. Tommy has George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, Michael Pittman. Decent group. Decent group. Singer's got a really good group, though. DK, already at 34. Amon Ra and Brandon Ayuk. Um... Oh, never mind. <laughs> I, my C.J. Stroud thing was for uh, the keeper league. Disregard that, but uh, I'm still going with uh, with Singer. Uh, quarterback matchup. Sorry, I'm bouncing all around here. Uh, wide receiver, I'm going Singer's direction there, too. So Singer's got quarterback and wide receiver so far. Tommy's got running back, in my opinion. Tight end, uh, Jawan Johnson is a great play for Tommy against the Lions, unfortunately. But Evan Ingram has been really great all season for tight ends. So I like Singer there as well. And I like Singer at flex. But it's another really close matchup. But I think Ramondre has a day. He's been very good lately. So uh, the only one that I gave to Tommy was running back. And I, I think all of these are really close. But I think Singer has a bunch of little wins at the positional matchups. Uh, so I say Singer here by a nose. Matchup number four, we got Jose versus Eric. We got a dead heat pretty much after uh, Thursday night. They both had a quarterback go, Dak and Gino. Both got in the 32 range for points. And Jose is currently projected to win this matchup, 134 to 130. I told you there were a bunch of close matchups this week. It's going to be entertaining. So it's basically a tie at quarterback after Thursday night football. Jose's quarterback position, his second one, is currently blank. Uh, it looks like he's going to be relying on Bailey Zappi, which is brutal, and which also means I'm going to go Eric's direction with quarterback. He's got Matthew Stafford against the Browns, which is not going to be an easy day for him, but I like him better than Zappi. Running back, Jose's got Devon Achan back. Uh, James Conner is a volume king, so I'm going that way. Eric has Jarek McKinnon, who has been terrible, 
and Austin Eckler. I don't know what he's been lately, but it hasn't been good. Uh, really alarming for Austin Eckler owners. Chris Barnes, thank you. Oh, he's not in this league, but I was going to say, thank you for not accept, uh, accepting my trade offer for Eckler a few weeks ago. But you'll never hear this, so good, good job, Kellen. Wide receiver. I love Jose's wide receiver trio this week. Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. Um, really great trio there. Uh, Eric's is fine, too. Uh, A.J. Brown, Christian Kirk, Terry McLaurin. I just like Jose's guys a lot. Tight end, it's Travis Kelsey, always, for Jose. Um, Eric's got Kyle Pitts. It, nobody beats Kelsey in a in a projection, uh, though. So, Kelsey all day, every day. Going back Eric's way, though. At flex, Rashi. Rashi Reich. Love that, dude. I like him way better than Thielen. So, Eric there. Overall, I'm going Jose's direction, though, because of wide receivers mostly, but also because of Kelsey and running back. So, again, I think it's going to be a close. I don't see a single blowout on the slate this week. I'm sure it'll happen. Someone will blow somebody out. But this is a really good week of matchups. Really exciting. Hunker down for a good weekend here, boys. Final matchup. We got Mark, and we got Brett. Let's start. Nobody, uh, neither team, had a Thursday night player. Uh, so it's currently 0-0. Mark is projected to win currently by a score of 121 to 110. So 11 points spread there. I hammer Brett at this quarterback matchup. Mahomes and Kyler Murray. Um, Mark's tandem of Bryce Young and Will Levis just doesn't hold a candle to Brett's guys. Goal Mark's way, though, at running back. Kamara is probably going to feast against the Lions defense, sadly enough. And Zach Moss, um, what a goldmine of a pickup that Mark has stashed uh, with Jonathan Taylor out for possibly the entire rest of the season. That's that's a good player to have. Rashad White's been really good. Uh, he's been He's been good. He's been good, not great for Brett lately. Chubba has been hit or miss. So, yeah, pretty clearly for me is an advantage for Mark at running back. A wide receiver, this is a close one, but it's just too hard and almost impossible to pick against Tyreek. So I'm not going to do that, especially in a smash matchup against Washington. Um, yeah, Tyreek, Puka, and Jaden Reed over uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Joshua Downs, and Tyler Boyd for me. But it is close because I DeAndre Hopkins historically just kind of teabags the Colts, and that's who he's got this week. Josh Downs is in that same game on the other side of the ball. He's been really good, that rookie has. Um, but, yeah, so um, it's close, but it's Mark. Tight end, the Muth. Pat Fryermuth had a really great return last week, so I'm going to pick him over Dalton Schultz, who just uh, about an hour ago uh, flared up on the injury report for the Texans. So um, I think Brett probably needs to pivot off of Schultz, but we'll see how the next couple of days play out. I don't think he practiced today, so that's concerning. Flex um, and Joku. Really like Njoku this week for Brett. That's a great play. He's been dominant, and he's got a great matchup against the Rams. Brees Hall, great player. Horrible offense. Horrible matchup. So, yep, going Brett there. Overall, I'm picking the Shocker. I'm going Brett here because I picked him at quarterback pretty heavily. I think his flex play is better. Njoku might get bumped up to tight end with Schultz potentially not playing. So Brett will need to figure out another flex play, I guess. But either way, Brett's going to win one of those categories. Um, I think what he needs to watch out for 
is potentially getting smashed at running back. But like I said, Mark, I gave the edge at wide receiver, but Brett wasn't too far behind. So I think Brett ekes this one out. I, he doesn't have anything to play for. I think he gets rewarded, though, by the fantasy gods with a nice little late season win uh, for his efforts and his bad luck. So um, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. It, it would be shocking with an 11-point spread right now if he won, but that's my pick. I like the matchups. I like how it's full out. So, all right. That is it for the auction league. Stick around if you're in the keeper league, but that is it from me, boys. Have a good weekend. What is going on? Intercontinental Fantasy Football League. We are brought to you today, today by Big Booty Mix Volume 13. Thought I'd change it up on the music a little bit. So, well, continuation if you listen to the Auction League uh, podcast too. But Keeper League, what are we doing today? We are going to do the same thing as the Auction League. We'll do high and low scores from the past two weeks. Since I didn't do a pod last week. Uh, then I'll review the standings. We have two weeks remaining in the regular season, so we'll talk about who has clinched the playoff spot so far, uh, who's looking likely for bye weeks, who's still in the hunt, who's eliminated, all that good stuff so you'll know where you stand. Then we'll end it. I'll pick some winners by previewing uh, very quickly this week's upcoming matchups. Actually, this week's ongoing matchups. Time of recording is Friday afternoon, 3.21 p.m. So we've already had Thursday night football be played. So I have that advantage while picking winners. That'll help. I'll still pick wrong. Whatever. All right. Let's take a look at standings. As a reminder... Same as the auction league, if you listen to that segment. Same as I said in the intro. Six teams make playoffs in the keeper league. Top two seeds get first round buys. Very coveted bye weeks. No stress. Very nice. Congratulations to the teams that have clinched playoff spots. We got four of them. Matt, Chris Barnes, Sko, and Joe. Congrats, guys. I should be and. I should be the first name on this list, actually. If only I hadn't sat Tyreek Hill for Deontay Johnson two weeks ago. What an idiot. What a fucking idiot. Why did that? I don't know why that happened. That was concerning. Um, So, yeah, that could cost me. But um, that was the good. Time for the bad. Apologies, condolences to the eliminated teams with now officially 0% chance of a postseason appearance. Defending champ Eli, Eric, and Brendan. Y'all dead. In the hunt, there's three but really two teams. It's everybody else. It's myself, it's Singer, and it's kind of Rick. There's three teams fighting for two spots. However, Rick needs to win out and needs both Singer and I to go 0-2 these next two weeks. So the playoff teams are basically set. It, it Rick also needs to catch us in points four, and that looks unlikely, to say the least. 
you're telling me there's a chance. The chance is greater than zero, but the chance is not even 1%. Sorry, Rick. So I think we have our six playoff teams. I would be willing to bet pretty heavily on it. But Rick is still, by definition, alive. What we will see is probably some jockeying around for seeding um, based on wins and losses still. We got two weeks left to go. So, you know, this won't be the exact seeding. I'd be very surprised if everything just stayed pat. So there will be movement between those top six, I would imagine. This is much less drama than the auction league that I covered just a few minutes ago. Um, and way much less drama than last year in the Keeper League, where I think two playoff teams were decided the final week of the regular season. I remember I played Eli and lost. And Eli snuck into the playoffs ahead of Rick. Rick, you've had some tough ends of the regular season these past two weeks, man. Or past two years, man. That sucks. That's tough. Um, but yeah, any seed can win this damn thing. So all you got to do is get a ticket to the Danes, and we'll see how the how the chips fall. Okay. Week 13 has kicked off. It is Friday, like I said. Week 13 kicked off yesterday. Let's go back two weeks to cover week 11 because I never did it last week. Week 11, low score on the week, went to Eric, 119.83. High score goes to Sko, 187.29. Low score for week 12, Brendan with 142.46. No, I'm sorry. That is wrong. The low score is not Brendan. The low score is Joe. Joe Barnes with 124.56. Whoops. Uh-oh, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. High score on that week goes to Chris Barnes with a blow-up. 213.22. And a boy, Chris. Very nicely done. Chris moves in now to second place all-time with uh, on our top scores of all-time. Second place. Um, the only score he doesn't beat is my week one score of last year, where I put up 231.61. Woo! Tough to beat, that one. Real tough. Uh, week 11, as a league, we scored 1,474 points, which um, is right around average. Last week, though, we had a big week. 1,597.66 points scored, which was our highest scoring week of the season. Lots of points to go around that week. Yeah. Chris Barnes put up 213. I put up 190. Orico put up 174. There's a 155 in there, a 128. Yeah, a lot of big weeks. Yeah, the low score is 124, which is the second highest low score of a week on the season. That was confusing, but we got there. I think you know what I was saying, but... Um, a new addition to uh, things we're going to track. Um, this started in the auction league because Brett Matus, a lot of you know him from our CC days. He was my roommate for a year in college, too. That dude got absolutely shelled this year in points against. He has over 2,000 points against. Next closest is 300 points behind him. So we're going to start tracking that just to see who's been like the most boned all time with matchups and people getting hot against them. Um, this year, the leader is Eric, 1,960 points against. Um, yeah, he's in second to last, so it's 
to be assumed probably that he gets screwed with some bad matchups and people getting hot against him. Uh, next up is Singer behind him, which is very impressive because Singer is scratching, scratching clawed his way to 7-5 as a record, despite the second most points against in the league. Singer, I see you. Um, very impressive. But Singer is <laughs> more than 100 points behind Eric. So, yeah, Eric's really getting boned. So, Eric, you're at least making history. For at least a year, you'll be number one on our all-time most points against for the Keeper League. Let's get into some matchups. Um, lots on the line, like I said, with playoff seeding, playoff appearances, all on the line. So uh, this is going to be relatively quick, but let's start with our first matchup. Me versus Sko. Golden Ponies versus the Fighting Skeneznies. It's a little bit of a bipocalypse for me, so I don't love my roster this week. Um, but the Thursday night football start to the week was exactly what I needed to feel pretty comfortable and to say with some confidence at least that I'm going to come away with a win this week. My players did very well. My kicker, Brandon Aubrey, got me 15. My quarterback, America's quarterback, Dak Prescott, got 32, which is a little bit of a letdown. I think he had 20 at halftime. So what the hell, Dak? thought you were going to put up a 40-burger for me. All the good that those two players did, though, it was even better news for me on Sko's side because his defense, Dallas, got negative five. So um, I'm, I currently put up 47 points but have a 53-point lead because uh, Sko has negative five to start his week. So daddy likey, that one. Um, yeah, golden ponies trotting on. Next matchup, we got a Rico versus Chris Barnes. Two top two seeds, I believe. Yes, the one versus the two seed. So someone's going to drop a game here. Um, someone could slide right in to that second bye. Very nice, very nice. This is exciting. Wow. The schedule makers, hats off to them. Um, Chris is white hot, but I'm picking Matt here. I think it's going to be closer than the experts think. I like Chris at quarterback because he's got Patrick Mahomes. Rico has golf, which I hope he gets back on his feet, I guess, back to the quarterback he can be. But I got to see it first. I gotta, I'm got i a little shaken with my Lions fandom right now. Wide receiver's a little too close to call. It's probably an edge for Matt because C.D. Lamb already has 32. Um, probably a very small, a slight edge there. Running back, Matt has Etienne and McCaffrey. Chris has Eckler, who has been bad. And Bijan Robinson. So I like, I, I probably never will pick against CMC. Uh, and then ETN, also been very good. So I'm going Matt there as well. Um, tight end, we call it a tie. Uh, it, it's close. And flex, I'm going to go Matt's way because um, he's got two pass catchers. But Chris Barnes' guys aren't bad. Jerome Ford, he catches some passes too. But I just like Matt's guys a little more. So I picked Matt a lot there. I think it's going to be a close matchup, though. I think Chris gets a lot of points back at quarterback. Um, but, yeah, I think Matt comes away with the win. Matchup number three. We got the E-Bowl. Eric versus Eli. Two teams with nothing to play for. Both eliminated from playoff contention. It's a little bit of a toilet bowl matchup here. But each team does have some dudes. I got Eli here for the sole reason of Derrick Henry. 
Derrick Henry is here. He's heating up, and it is Yeti season. I, I think this is another close matchup. It uh, helps Eli, though, that he's already got 16. He was sipping on a little Chardonnay, Chardonnay last night because he put up 17 almost, 16.9. Uh, so really good start for Eli there. In reality, though, this matchup doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. So not going to spend too much time on it. This one almost doesn't matter either. Uh, it really doesn't. Matt, or Matt. That's what I get for looking at notes while talking. Um, Rick is not mathematically eliminated, but realistically, he's burnt toast. It's, he needs too much to happen. It's not going to happen. But he's alive. And he plays Brendan, the third and final eliminated team. So it's another toilet bowl matchup here, kind of. I think Rick squeaks this one out. He has to have it to have a chance. Brendan is already dead, and so Rick has to absolutely have this one to even have a 1% chance at playoffs. Brendan is missing his best player, Josh Allen. So I think Rick gets it done kind of out of default. Um, it, I, Rick's catching Brendan on a good week to stay alive. So um, Rick also already has 13 from JSN. Decent little Thursday night showing by the rookie. Brendan only got five from his kicker last night, Jason Myers. Or, yeah, Jason? Yeah. Almost said Jacoby Myers. Wrong guy. Jason Myers. So, not a great start for Brendan. Brendan's on to next year already in the Marvin Harrison sweepstakes. Final matchup. Singer versus Joe. Uh, we have playoff seating. On the line here, this is between uh, the six and the four seed. So, um, jockeying for position here for sure between these these two teams. Ultimately, they'll. I'm going Joe. Singer has CJ. Oh, this is what I was fumbling across my words on uh, in the auction league segment. Singer has CJ Stroud, but Joe has CJ Stroud's best wide receiver in Tank Dell. So I go. Uh, I, I, I like that advantage there for Joe. Uh, Joe also already has 37 from DK, Met, uh, Metcalf, uh, from Thursday night. And I think Joe's running backs, both of them, have great weeks. That's Najee Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, Najee had a great week last week, finally. Ramondre's been very good as well, catching passes. Um, Singer already has 17, though, from Tony Pollard from Thursday. And he's got Kamara, which... Hate to say it, I think he's going to have a really good week against the Lions. So um, it'll be a good running back matchup, but I have a really good feeling about Ramondre and Najee this week for Joe. Um, let's see. So, yep, I'm going Joe. Um, and it's enough for Joe. If he gets a win here, he could make a push at a bye week. Uh, since Matt and Chris Barnes are the top two seeds right now, um, one of them's going to lose because they're playing each other. So if Joe wins... He slides potentially right into a bye week. He'd have to outscore Sko by a little bit, but Sko could lose too. But Joe, he has a chance. That is it, boys, for my my preview. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you uh, got excited about fantasy this week as playoffs are right around the corner. If you're not making playoffs in this league, I hope you're making playoffs in another league so your fantasy season isn't about to end in a couple weeks. Playoffs, get get me going. That's for sure. Um, worst case scenario, give it a few more weeks, and we'll have the nutty pool coming out. There's always something to gamble on. 
Go Lions. I'm not going to say the words, but uh, good luck to you Michigan fans. I don't think you'll need luck. Um, I can't say the GB phrase, but uh, I think you guys will have a good weekend. I'll probably gamble them 10 different ways, or gamble on them 10 different ways, because I think they're going to clap cheeks against the Hawkeyes, and I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's how everybody probably feels. So, good luck. Uh, good luck in the Michigan game. Go Lions. Let Big Booty Mix play us out. Have a good weekend, boys.